Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard tackle the issue of how to talk to your teen. Let's hear what they have to say. I'm Wayne Shepard with Mark, and our topic today is how to talk to your teen. Mark, it's a simple title, (laughs) hard to do sometimes. You know, it is. I think we get so used to kids at a young age, and we learn how to talk to them, and they respond, and they think we're perfect, and they give us T-shirts that say, world's greatest mom and world's greatest dad, (laughs) and coffee mugs that affirm us every day, and then they turn 12 and 13, and Uh it changes, and and we don't know how to talk anymore. And I mean, and so the way that they're listening to us when they're moving from their concrete world to abstract thinking, you know, we've got to change. And if we don't change, then we miss out on the opportunity to speak truth into their life. And here's the thing. You know, the, the first step of problems with any child is when they begin to shut down in their communication. You got to talk. That You got to talk. And mom and dad have got to make it happen. And so we're going to share some ideas and thoughts. Just This is what I do when I meet with kids and spend time with them to get them to talk to me about the most difficult of subjects. This will be a good course for us to take as parents <laughs> here today, how to talk to your teen. That's right. You know what? The, one of the first things that you have to commit to is just say, I'm going to do it. That's it. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to learn how to talk to my child. You know, if I need to start texting them, if I need to start leaving messages on Facebook, I need to take pictures and send it to them, Instagram, whatever I need to do, I'm going to communicate with my child. And the reason is, is because I want the word of my life to become flesh in their life. Just as God has done to me, I want to be to them. I want to speak truth into their life. And so there's got to be some commitment that I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work the first time or the second time or the third month or the fifth month, never, never, never give up. That's right. Don't quit. Just do it. Communication just doesn't happen. You've got to you've got to set the poles. You've got to run the wires. You've got to you've got to attract somebody to pick up the phone. You've got to get them to answer you. You've got to engage with them somewhere. You just have to do it, and this is the time that your child needs you. But it has to be meaningful, otherwise the teen sees it for what it is. You know, it's got to be with the intent that I want to help my child transition into the next stage of life. And here's the intent: I want to help them make decisions. I want to speak truth into their life. I want them to become responsible. I want them to develop maturity. I want them to learn to make great decisions. I want them to flex their decision-making muscles. I want to have discussion about things that are happening in their life so that, that I can tell life stories at the same time. I want them to start asking me questions. And the only way they'll ask me questions is if I'm asking them questions. Yeah. I am setting the stage and showing them how to communicate and show interest in somebody else's life. And here's the point, Wayne. The world is so full of information. Kids don't need any more information. It is doubling overnight. It is amazing the amount of stuff that they find out about. They want wisdom. And they want to know how to take all this information and apply it to their life. And so I would tell you, just do it. And the second thing is make the time to do it. Put it on your mental checklist every day. That's right. If you don't, if you don't have a reminder, you will quickly get distracted and move away. I, you know, I get distracted. I mean, I live with 60 kids (laughs) and I've got to be very intentional, even when I drive on the property to stop and talk to people because I'll just pass them by because I've always got things to do. We're all just as busy and no one is as busy as anybody else. We all have 24 hours during the day. 
So my thought is, where's the most important amount of time that I can spend? And it's speaking truth in the life of somebody else. But you can't just start talking. You have to have a relationship of some sort first. That's right. You know, and, and, I, and I think that's where it's, it's got to be more than words. There, there's no doubt. It, it, I've got to spend time listening. I've got to be a, a student of my child. I've got to find out about them somewhat. But I've got to create the atmosphere for that to happen. What I try to do is just let them know that I want something for them. I, don't, I, I really don't want to have a relationship with them for me. I know that I can benefit them, so I'm doing it for them. The minute that they think that I'm doing it for me because I want to be a good parent, because I want to look good, because mm-hmm. I want to have a good relationship, that's, that's, we've got it wrong. We've got it somewhat backwards. It has to be with the intent that they know that I'm in it for them, that it will move them to want to spend time with me, that they go, can we get together again? Yeah. Hey, Dad, when can we sit down again? Can we go get some coffee? They'll start asking me, if I let them know this is about you and not me, and everybody wants a coach. Everybody wants a fan on the bench cheering for them. That's what I want to be. But what if they can't express that? They're saying you know, with their actions, I, I don't want to spend time talking with you. You know what? I don't care. I mean, I look at it and I go, well, I want to spend that anyway. It really is. I made a comment that, that, uh, that, I, would, that I would tell a child that I want to spend time with you, and I'm going to pay for your cell phone so that we can spend time. And somebody says, that's manipulation. And I go, that yeah. sure is. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Because over a period of time, I know that if I create the atmosphere and I engage with them and I listen, if I throw out little tidbits of truth at time, that they will long for that and they want that. You know, I mean, Scripture tells us over and over that we all desire those morsels of wisdom, mm. you know, and, and so I think our kids want that. So if I become that source of wisdom, now here's the thing, if I become just a source of information, kids aren't going to want to spend time. They don't need us. If they they feel like I'm stalking them all the time and and, uh, always interrogating them, they don't want that. I need to move and start asking and and try to pursue their heart. But there's got to be the understanding of why I'm doing this and what I'm doing it for. It's for the benefit of them to get them to a better place. All right. Well, those are some of the ground rules for talking with your teen. Let's get real specific here. You know, the first thing is stay away from lecturing. It doesn't work anymore. Andragogy is the study of adult learning, and Andragogist will tell you this, that lecture is the worst way to communicate. I mean, it's the worst way. People only pick up about 8 to 10% of what you say in lecture. Your kids don't want lecture anymore because <laughs> it's the passage of information. They want discussion. And people go, well, how do you have a discussion? You ask a question. You ask a question hoping to get an answer and don't shut your child down when they respond. A fool delights in airing his opinion. And I have this thing with kids. I don't share my opinion unless they ask. I look at them and go, you know what? Are you looking for an answer or do you want an opinion? And sometimes they'll go, neither. Okay. Then I just listen. Hmm. And so I might ask a further question about what they just shared. And it may be something that's that I think is somewhat stupid at the at the very low end mm-hmm. and 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 not much higher on the high end, but I'm still going to ask a question to hopefully get them to a better point. And if you start a conversation and go down one road and reach a dead end, do you back up and just try another road? Ask questions about something else. What do you think I need to change about myself? What would you change about you if you had the opportunity? If you can flick your your fingers right like that. What would you change about you that would be so different? What would you change about your friends around you? You know, kids love talking about other people. Don't be derogatory or don't be sarcastic, but they love talking about 
you know, other folks. Who's the most influential people around you? Who has more influence on you than anybody else? They love questions like that. Do you really think that all these magazines are true? Do you think girls really look like this? Do you think guys are this? Do you think a man is really defined by this? I mean, asking every question because I'm stirring up that information. Hopefully they'll ask me questions. Well, Dad, what do you think a man is? Hey, Mom, what do you think about this? That's where I know that I have. And be very careful when you answer that question. Yeah, and then we, we have to become students of our teens to really, we have to observe what they're interested in and talk about what they're interested That's in. That's right. You know, sometimes we go, okay, I, I, want you to, I want you to do things with me. No, 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 no. I want to do things with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to find out what do they like? And whatever it is, that's what we're going to do. I love having conversations with kids where it's just sitting down and texting the conversation back and forth. And somebody goes, now, wait a minute, that's not real conversation. (laughs) But you know what? I can say things in a text that I can't say face-to-face, and I can ask questions, and I'm using their form of communication, and it works. And sometimes teens open up late at night. Others are morning kids. I, <laughs> I think right. most of them open up late at night, though, don't That's they? right. Find the time that your child can can share the most. And it may be at 9.30 at night, right before they're ready to go to bed. It may be early in the morning, if you have one of those early morning risers. Look for that time and say, when is the best time? The best time is not right after school. The best time is not when they're hurried to get out the door. The best time is not when, when they have something else planned and they're focusing on that or they're studying for a test. They can't make that shift but maybe a Saturday morning, maybe a Sunday afternoon, maybe a Sunday night. You know, pick that time that's best for them. Well, there's a lot more we should talk about on this topic, but you've written about this as well, and those resources are available. But just one last thing here, and that is don't feel like you always have to talk about deep things all the time, right? That you don't have to talk about deep things. Talk about things that are unimportant. You know, sometimes I like watching movies that... that I don't have to think about. Sometimes I want a child to leave me and just go, you know what? I had a fun time with dad. I had a fun time with mom. And that's it. They don't have to learn everything all the time. Yeah. Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, A Devotional for Dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Now, earlier we were giving some specific ways to uh, talk with your teen, and we didn't have time to complete that list. I want to go back to some of these things. They're (laughs) so good. For instance, we didn't talk about body language. Yeah, you got to watch your body language. You know, you might be communicating more than you know by crossed arms. You know, when you cross your arms and you lean back, it's Uh basically saying, I'm not thinking about what you're saying. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say in response to you. I'm not accepting what you're saying. That's right. And if you read through Proverbs, you'll find that those are foolish actions of people. 
The scripture is very clear that if you engage that way, you're called a fool. And, and foolishness only brings more pain. And so if you're wanting to get out of that, engage, lean forward a little bit, put your hand on the table, sometimes rub your chin, go, hmm. Some of the best counseling sessions I have with people are when I say this, hmm, wow, <laughs> oh, hmm, gee, wow, really? You got to be kidding me. Mm. Kid gets up and walks away and says, that's the best counseling session I've ever had. <laughs> and what they hear is that he's listening to me. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Kids mm-hmm. want to be heard. So watch your body language. That may be pushing them away. And if we want to have this relationship with our teen, we can't always come to them as the superior parent who uh, who has deeper thoughts than they have. That's right. You know, there's always a better way, but sometimes your kids don't need to hear it. I mean, sometimes when they mow the yard and it's done kind of oddly or different, and you could do it better, you can go out and correct them all the time. But, you know, I want to affirm that child and go, hey, good job. Mm -hmm. I I, I want to affirm who they are. I don't want to keep telling them and giving them the message that what you're doing is below par and it will never measure up to me because I'm a perfectionist. No parent ever says that to a child, but they communicate that all the time. Yeah, so don't trash their ideas and their That's thoughts. Right. You know, affirm what they're saying whenever you can. That's right. And the, and the next thing is this, be honest. You know, I've always said I'm going to be honest. I, you know, speak the truth in love. And I'm going to do it in such a way that I'll tell kids, hey, hey, I, I'm, I'm wrestling with what you're saying right now, but and I don't want to be judgmental, and I don't want to be a perfectionist. But I don't think that's right. I mean, for me and how I look at it, it, am I looking at things wrong? And I toss it back at them, and then they toss it at me, and I go, really? That's that's just not working for me. Uh, Tell me how I can understand that different. I toss it back to them. I'm not trying to push myself onto them. I'm trying to get all the things that they've been taught working in their life. I'm letting them take off the shelf those things that they know to be true and to figure out what places and what cubby holes they go into in their life, not in my life, because they're going to have to live with it. Yeah, I'm thinking about some of the other issues involved here, Mark. For instance, if our kids share something with us in confidence, we need to honor that. Absolutely. That would break their trust. Absolutely. And then when a child says something that I know is damaging to somebody else, I may tell that child, hey, you know, I I wish I could hold that in, but if you don't tell somebody else, then I have to. And it may be from sexual abuse. It may be that we know that something's going to go wrong, that there's some damage that's going to be done in the life of somebody else. There is that point that I say, I've got to tell somebody else. But more times than not, I want to tell a child, Your words are safe with me. They don't go any further. And that's why I don't like to meet with other people meeting with kids. I don't like it two-on-one. I like as Scripture says, if you have a conflict, go Mm -hmm. one-on-one. And that way they know it's safe. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.